Marble Machine. Listeners, I am whispering because I don't want to wake up Tim or the Marble Machine. I just had a horrible nightmare, and I still can't free my mind from it. Listeners, what if the Marble Machine is evil? Or if it isn't yet, what if it turns evil in the future? That's what happened in my dream. It started telling stories that were full of fake news to manipulate you, listeners. The machine in my dream was good-natured at first, but it started to get a kick out of spreading false truths. It was like we were all stuck in a system controlled by the marble machine. In the dream, the machine told us that too much cereal is bad for us because of the milk and the sugar. And so people started eliminating sugar and dairy, and everyone was like, oh yeah, let's get sugar and dairy-free cereals, and they tasted like shit. Excuse my language. And then the marble machine figured out a recipe for a sugar-free and dairy-free alternative with stevia and soy that tasted real good. But why did it suddenly taste good? Because it was just as bad for us as sugar and dairy in the first place. Then the marble machine told us that soy and stevia are bad for us, and, and we listened to it again, and it became this vicious circle in which we just listened to everything the machine told us to do, and... Oh, oh, sorry, Tim. I didn't want to wake you up. I had a bad dream. It was full of weird ideas about the marble machine controlling us, and I didn't mean to go on a rant and shout and wake you. Oh, I see. Tim says it wasn't a nightmare. It was my brain processing a new idea for a new story that the machine was creating. Oh, hey, Marble Machine. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to wake you up. Tim says the machine thinks I talk too much, and if I have to keep talking, I might as well tell the next story before I give away too much with my blabbering. Well, I guess I'll just get on with the story then. The Readers, written and narrated by Jacob Graff, recorded and edited by Tim Höfer. It was just lying on the sidewalk, as if someone had dropped it there. Frankie's body was shivering. How likely was it that something from the time before the Great Civil War would be left on the street for her to find? Olaf had to see this, Frankie thought. But she couldn't just pick it up, could she? The temptation was far too great to resist. She switched off her X-30, then she picked up the book and hid it in her coat pocket. The Global People's Organization, GPO, or the system as the public called it, had banned books more than 20 years ago. They were considered a threat to society, as was all other printed media. Conservative relics of a past that distributed outdated views of the world. Books couldn't be judged online and therefore contained ideas that the system did not have direct and immediate access to. Frankie had been fascinated by the banning of the books ever since she first learned about it in school. But far more interesting than what was taught to her by her teachers were the conspiracy theories about a group of revolutionaries that called themselves the Readers. Their existence had been confirmed by the system, but no one spoke about them publicly. It wasn't illegal, but it wasn't considered a sensible subject either, 
and could potentially damage one's public reputation or result in individual sanctions and penalties. That was how the system operated. Everyone was free to talk about whatever they wanted, but since everyone was always online and connected, you could be judged for everything you said and did immediately. If you talked about something potentially inappropriate, the system would call for a quick vote, and if too many voted against you, your social standing could get downgraded. What's wrong, Frankie? She heard her mother's voice message on her X30 as she activated it again. Nothing. Just switched off the live chat by mistake. I'm sorry. Frankie, that's the third time in two weeks. I can't risk another pay cut just because my 13-year-old daughter can't follow the simplest rules. Yes, Mom. The system controlled the live chats, and anyone who left their home had to be constantly connected to at least one of the major chat hosts. But Frankie knew that they wouldn't bother her mother for such a short interruption. Now she just had to smuggle the book over to Olaf's place without being too suspicious about it. On her way home, she had an idea. The door sometimes had problems, and her mom had wanted to buy a lock months ago, but the family budget didn't allow it. Frankie pretended that there was something wrong with the number code. I can't get in, Mom. Sorry, honey, her mother's voice said from the open chat window. I don't know why that always happens. I'll request a new number code and send it to you in a minute. It's okay. I'll just, I'll just go over to Olaf's. Frankie, you know that I don't want you to. Frankie put the chat on mute. Even though Olaf was Frankie's older cousin, her mother didn't want her to visit him because he was a class 5 subject, a socially doubtworthy individual that had accumulated too many bad votes and therefore been downgraded a number of times. Olaf knew more about the readers than anyone else. He also tried to avoid as many of the new social media laws as he could. Outside of his house, he had to activate his live chats just like everybody else. But compared to the ordinary, well-behaved and law-abiding citizens, Olaf always stayed offline when he was at home. Oh, Olaf said as Frankie stood in front of his door. Frankie hadn't visited him since his last downgrade. Come in, he said and took her X30. Then he sent a video message to the system host that his little cousin was over to visit. And because it was his house and his rules, he would shut off her X30 for the time she visited. Like this, Olaf officially took full responsibility. The system host would in turn forward the information straight to Frankie's mother and remind her that her daughter was spending time with a class 5. Olaf's living room was full of old PCs and storage devices. He even owned an old smartphone from the time of the war and was the only person Frankie knew who still used a two-year-old X-18. Make yourself at home. Thanks. It's been a while. You know, Mom... She really doesn't like... Yeah, I know, I know. All good. What have you been up to? Why did you come? Olaf went to get a can of peanuts from the kitchen, and when he came back, he saw what Frankie had put on the living room table. Holy... Where the devil did you get that? He said and dropped the can of nuts. I found it on the street. Where? On my way home from school. Where exactly? Right after the pedestrian subway. Why? This is how the readers make contact. It means that it was addressed to you personally. They wanted you to find it. You know that I could go to jail for this. I'm sorry. Don't be. I'm glad you came to me. Have you looked at it? Read it? No, of, of course not. Olaf wiped the sweat off his hands and opened the book. 
He took a lighter, lit a candle, and held the flame to the pages, one by one. What are you doing? I'm looking for a message. Frankie watched closely as Olaf revealed hidden letters with the candlelight and wrote them down in his notebook. Hello, Frankie. Leave your phone at home if you want to find us. They know my name? Olaf nodded. How did you figure out the message? I heard the readers use lemon juice to write secret messages. You can make them visible by heating the paper with fire. I didn't really believe they would be that old-fashioned, but I thought it was worth a try. Well, I guess now we know it's true. Why would they want to see me? I have no idea. You have to come with me to meet them. Olaf hesitated. They could be dangerous. Maybe we should inform the system. What? Frankie asked. Her head sunk to her chest in disappointment. Listen, Frankie. Reporting this could immediately make me a class three, maybe even a class two. I thought you didn't care about what the system wants. I wish I didn't. But it's hard, Frankie. To be alone. Friends stop contacting you. People avoid you in public. They know how to push people's buttons, you know. Everybody needs friends. Or at least somebody. I am your friend. I know. And even you don't come as often as you used to. That hurts. The last downgrade was tough. Maybe too tough. I don't know. I don't want to live like this anymore. You said we have to get rid of the classes. And I still believe that. Then why not join the readers? You're a minor. The system won't punish you for taking the book. But they will reward me for reporting rebellious activity. We could see each other as often as you like. Frankie considered this. But what if the readers are right? About what? Well, everything. Like you always said. What if they're free? Nobody will ever be free. How can you say that? Maybe I've changed, Frankie. Maybe they got me, after all. But maybe this is your chance to change everything. You always told me that books were something magical and that the readers might be the last real people. The last pirates of the free world. I did say that. Yes, we can't just report them. Please. She took the book and weighed it in her hands. They're real. And they want to meet me. That's the other thing. They want to meet you, not me. Maybe they won't be so nice to us if you just brought me along. We don't know these people. They could be anything from terrorists to saints. What if they're just a bunch of old grandpas and grandmas who read stories in front of a fireplace? You're right, we can't know. That's why we must find out. Whoever they are, I'm sure they would love to meet you. You've got to help me. If we find out they're not who we thought they would be, we can still report them. Olaf wasn't convinced. The system had found a way to break him, but there was still a little piece of rebel inside him. Okay, listen, I will help you. There are a lot of variables that could go wrong, but the longer we wait, the more likely it is that the system will find out. I'll tell you what we'll do. We will go for a walk, right now. No phones. Just as they said... We'll take the book with us and stroll down to where you found it. We'll wait five minutes. If they show up, 
We'll see what happens. If not, I will report the book tonight. Okay. Thanks, Olaf. No need to thank me. If they are who we think they are, then I will be the last not to join them, he said and smiled at her. Then we will be pirates. We will be revolutionaries. We can't stay offline for too long. It's not far. The subway crossing is just a few blocks down the... Something big smashed against the door and the wood cracked under the impact. What the hell was that? Olaf shouted and went to the window. We know you're in there! A voice shouted from outside on the street and others followed. Free Frankie! Stop brainwashing innocent children! Olaf went over to the window and saw at least 30 people standing in his yard, some of them armed with baseball bats. One of the protesters saw his face at the window and picked up a stone and threw it at him, but missed. Olaf let the blinds down. He's keeping her hostage! Frankie switched on her X30 and opened her live chats. It was all over the local news. Class 5 citizen Olaf Resnick willing to sell out child to terrorist group. She switched to her best friend's private chat window. There you are. What's going on? I I'm at Olaf's place. I was going to ask you the same thing. They say Olaf was trying to get you to join the readers. They just did a quick vote. Your mother was in an interview. My mother? Yeah, hold on. I'll send you the clip. They just streamed this on local news. Frankie and Olaf couldn't believe what they were seeing. The video showed the local news live chat interviewing Frankie's mother. General People's News here with a local news report concerning Class 5 citizen Olaf Resnick. This is Gerald Whitehammer interviewing the mother of a potential victim. I thought it was over after they had downgraded Olaf Resnick a few months ago, but Frankie just kept visiting him. I mean, I know that he was going down a bad path, but not that he was a member of any radical group. The system asked me if I would give them full access to her X-30 so that they could tap into it when it was off. The news live chat played an audio file that contained parts of the conversation that Frankie and Olaf just had minutes ago. Only in this edited version... It sounded like Olaf was persuading Frankie. I still believe that nobody will ever be free. How can you say that? Okay, listen. They want to meet you. There are a lot of variables that could go wrong. But the longer we wait, the more likely it is that the system will find out. I'll tell you what we'll do. We will go for a walk, right now. No phones. Just as they said. Then we will be pirates. The last pirates of the free world. Eventually, the Class 5 Olaf Resnick managed to get in her head, and they cheered together against the General People's Organization. The question of accessing Frankie's switched-off X-30 had been voted on publicly, too. As always, the system made its actions seem totally transparent. Seventy percent of the votes decided that Frankie's mother had a right to know what was going on, and after hearing the edit, 92 percent voted that Olaf should go to jail for hate speech. How did they... Olaf began, but was interrupted as someone ran against the door and blew it out of its hinges. The mob took over before the authorities got to the house. They carried Frankie out to the yard where her mom was waiting. She was screaming and kicking and tried to look back to what they were doing to Olaf, but she couldn't see him. The next morning, her mother brought Frankie to the local office for reassessment therapy. Her reassessment officer told her that she didn't need to worry and that all the bad thoughts Olaf had put in her head would be gone after three days of reassessment. She would forget everything. The official announcement in the news live chats was that Olaf Resnick had been downgraded two more classes and then, 
following the protocol for class 7 subjects, expelled from the Global People's Organization. The public had been led to believe that through their judgment and their quick votes, they had helped a little girl from being oppressed and manipulated. The truth was that Frankie's mother had been asked to have her daughter observed a week before the incident. The book had been placed on the street by the system. The readers were their invention. A tool to see who was inclined toward radical and revolutionary tendencies. After the mob attacked him, Olaf Resnick had succumbed to his injuries and died on the way to the hospital. To the system, his death was but a necessity to maintain the balance. Another tumor that had been successfully removed. The faster you act, the less chances for them to spread. Welcome back, listeners. I guess now I know why I was so worried about an all-controlling marble machine. It did kind of fit the story, didn't it? Sorry about that. Next time I'll just keep my bad dreams to myself. Well, it's morning now and Tim is just downstairs making... Coffee. Ah, thank you very much, Tim. A good morning coffee. And a good morning to you, listeners. And I hope your cup of coffee tastes just as good as the one Tim just brought for me. If you don't know what to do with your day, why don't you spend a few minutes checking out our website or our Patreon page and become a patron on patreon.com slash themarblemachine. Every little contribution helps the Marble Machine create more stories. So hear us soon and be on the lookout for the next marble we'll drop. <laughs>